Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. If you want plug and play email templates from the eight part cold email sequence that generated a 2,061% ROI, visit morgandwilliams.com slash templates. That's M-O-R-G-A-N-D as in David, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S dot com slash templates. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Matt Morphopoulos. Matt is the Chief Growth Officer at RespondFlow. RespondFlow allows you to send personalized text messages to drive sales, create stronger relationships, and build customer loyalty. Text messages are the best way to reach your audience and build human-centered relationships. With a 98% average open rate for over 23 billion daily text messages worldwide, it has the potential to let business owners provide customers with a more meaningful, human, and intelligent customer experience. That's why they're rebuilding the text messaging automation experience from the ground up. Matt, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Morgan. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you. Can you walk us through your background, how it's led to what you're doing now at RespondFlow? Yeah, completely. I mean, I've always loved startups, um, making things. Um, my first taste of it, I was 17, 18, and I actually became a Pilates instructor. And I got to teach my own clientele, and I really learned how to solve problems in the body, which kind of applied later on. And I got to deal with my own clientele. And at such a young age, that left a really big impression on me. And so when I went to college, I ended up getting a degree in entrepreneurship from the University of Oklahoma. And I ended up specializing mostly in marketing uh, in sales. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to New York to be on the new business team for an experiential marketing agency. And there I learned about creating new business and sales, uh, very high touch sales, um, working with brands such as Microsoft, Audi, uh, Olay, and even some in esports. But after that, um, it kind of took that event that love for events and created this thing at my university called Startup Beer. And from there, I met a lot of buddies who I would end up making lots of startups with, failed, made some money here and there, but eventually we came about RespondFlow and here we are today. Awesome. That's an interesting path because I'd like to know what did you learn in the classroom that you saw that you could directly apply in the fields really in working for this experimental marketing agency? Right. Well, the biggest thing 
I hadn't had the class yet, but it was more of how corporate innovation is super important and how different spaces or different sectors inside an organization can get super siloed. Um, mm. I, would, I would have to be on the more innovative side of that corporate entity. And the same rules applied to startup life where you really need to solve a problem and create new cash flows. And the whole idea of there are existing cash flows and account executives that might not always want to get on board with your new initiatives because they don't see the relevancy, but you really have to sell them on this new idea so that the organization can thrive in the long run. We hear about it in uh, school all the time about how Netflix came on the scene and then Best Buy or what was the uh, rental service again? Exactly, right? Yeah. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster. That's, what That's what I'm See, saying. Exactly. Remember you can't remember it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah. You got kind of those textbook examples and kind of dove in on like why this company won the battle and, and like what they did to kind of take the market from competitors. Oh, completely. I got like a kind of a reverse situation, a reverse experience where I got to be in that company scenario and then learn about it in a textbook where I could derive from my exact experiences in that company. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. You're getting both sides of it, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times people are lopsided. They're either all classroom, no practical experience or the other way around. And it's great to have both for sure. I, I, really agree. I know you mentioned, you know, you, you had some startups that didn't pan out. I'm always interested to hear with people who are in startups had multiple, what are some of the most memorable ones and, and why they didn't work out or what you do differently with them? So I say there's two in particular that really stood out to me. One was like the first technology startup that I ever did, uh, not technology, more internet. Uh, me and a buddy in school, we met in a class and we decided to make a drop shipping company, if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you basically set up a third-party website, and then you actually outsource to a distributor where if someone comes in and purchases it on your website, it's automatically shipped to them. So there's really no uh, inventory that you have to handle. We made a few bucks from that, but funny enough, we had some mentors and they said, oh, you should really think about wholesale. And we had like three orders of wholesale and we're like, we don't have wholesale, sorry. And so there were a lot of problems along the way, but because we really had no idea what we were doing, we were just kind of going full force forward. Um, it was really memorable because it was just me and uh, my buddy um, just trying to take a stab at it because we we're kind of too young uh, and pretty dumb uh, kids at that time. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then probably the second one was, uh, it's called Simon uh, Says. It's really what brought me to the friend group I have today and all of my uh, co-founders. Um, it was basically an internet startup where we wanted to create recommendation engines for e-commerce sites, which was actually how I got derived from that was through the e-commerce dropshipping uh, thing that I did. And so we wanted to provide recommendation engines that Amazon attributes about 15% of their sales to, uh, to smaller e-commerce stores that couldn't afford it otherwise. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Interesting stuff. What kind of sparked the idea for RespondFlow? What did you guys kind of see in the market? What kind of opportunity did you see that led to that? Right. Actually, the guy who came up with the initial idea, Martin Leon, uh, my buddy, he uh, was working at a prosthetics company and he decided to take a jab at text marketing because they were running cold calls, they were doing emails and nothing was really working. But then when they decided to 
take the trip over to SMS or text marketing, they found a really mad increase in uh, conversion rate. And so after we looked around the marketplace for software solutions, we found that there wasn't a provider that allowed you to do two-way text for that high engagement, but then Mm -hmm. also allowed you to spend very little money on it. So usually it was a cap of maybe 200 texts per month, unless you wanted to increase your tiers. Um, And so we're trying to nestle our way that we have all the features you need, but also at an affordable price. Yeah, the two-way texting is really because I, I know what you're saying. With there's providers that allow you just like send out a blast, but it's like the magic in texting, uh, and I've I've used it in a you know a, a sales context. The magic in texting is the conversation, right? Not mm-hmm. just the one-way boom. You know, here's your ad, or here's what I have to say, but the engagement. I want to ask your partner. Was he working in a marketing capacity at that Prestex company or was he in sales? A business development capacity, so kind of a mixture of it. Okay, cool. And Mm -hmm. was that list he was contacting, was that an opt-in list or doing cold? was he doing cold outreach? He wasn't doing cold outreach. Okay, they had opted in at some point. Okay, cool, cool. I'm just making notes for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. just interesting stuff. I love this stuff, obviously. You got a podcast on it, right? (laughs) So cool. So when it came to building up um, respond flow, like where did things go from that initial seed idea? And like, how did you guys kind of work together to grow it? And like, kind of what are you doing to grow it? Well, currently it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, we tried door to door sales for a while because one, we're all just fresh out of college. Um, I just graduated this last summer and we tried the whole door to door sales tactic which worked and it got us our first initial users, which kind of goes to the methodology of do things that don't scale. But that. we kind of hit an inflection point where we got some initial traction and we were trying to go after some bigger dogs, get bigger wins. But doing the door-to-doors was taking up so much of our time that we couldn't actually go after those bigger fish. And so we decided to really go heavy onto content, um, do a lot of social sell- social selling, um, mm-hmm. and also... A big goal is to get on a lot of podcasts and also talk in front of big groups of people so that at least when we are talking about respond flow, that it's efficient, you know? Absolutely. Trying to do, you started with one-to-one, we're able to have those, you know, initial conversations with customers and prospects, took that information uh, or that feedback, and now you're looking to do one-to-many sales, right? Yeah. Um, doing podcasts, stuff like that. Okay. Awesome. And have you guys been texting people like prospecting texting people (laughs) oh yeah yeah we actually sent out a lot of texts recently like whenever we're prospecting now we don't even give our email sometimes we'll just give us our cell phone numbers and then we'll plug and then we'll just have that conversation what does it kind of look like how are you using text messaging to prospect what's your kind of sequence or flow so there's the out more outbound or not truly outbound, but sort of like a cold warm lead where um, we'll give them our Twilio number. So we're actually built off of Twilio. And so we're allowing you to create automations from that Twilio number. We'll either give our Twilio number or they'll come to our website and they'll uh, leave their information in normal form or on our intercom chatbot. And yeah, just 
following up automatically with them because honestly, I'm really bad at follow up. So it's really great to have a software that actually follows up through SMS and people are actually going to like read it. What do those follow ups look like? What kind of content are you, are you, or copy are you sending to people? Right. It really depends. But usually the train of thought is if it's an inbound lead, it's more of like, Hey, Matt, I saw that you were interested in Respond Flow. My name is John. Feel free to call or text me at this number if you have any more questions. And so you're leaving it up to your prospect or your lead to actually make that interaction because nowadays in sales, the whole spray and pray and just forcing them to get on a phone call with you doesn't work anymore. People want to feel like they're buying from you and not being sold to. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of leave it up to our customers to come back and say, Hey, John. Yeah, I saw you online. Um, Let me ask these couple questions about this product. But then what we'll do similar to like a drip campaign uh, is that if they don't respond, we'll maybe wait like three days. It's like, hey, Matt, I just wanted to check in. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me with any questions. Um, We have this great software and we think you'd be a good fit. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So you are just small, like using short touches to people who have indicated interest, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't sound like it's, you know, too fancy, but you're just making those touches. Do you yeah. have like kind of rules you put in place with how often you follow up or when you stop following up, anything like that? We automatically bake it into our system that whenever you, someone says stop or opt out, um, that it automatically cuts the sequence because um, we want to stay TCPA compliant. But um, really the big deal is making sure you're not texting them every day. I mean, it's similar to email. You don't want to blast their inbox every day because eventually you get annoying. So usually we limit to like a week or two. If it's a really long sale though, we might do it for a month, to be honest, because some of these longer sales processes with these bigger fish that we're trying to talk to takes a little bit more time than maybe like a week because the purchasing decision for something like this for a maybe a retail store or a small sales team is probably a lot faster than say more of an enterprise customer. Mm -hmm. And so besides that kind of uh, the frequency and communication for an enterprise sale, is there anything else you do differently when it comes to, you know, how you're marketing via text message to that size of customer? Right. To the more enterprise customer. Right. As you're going after these bigger Uh, fish. Right. Well, And this kind of speaks true to where marketing and sales is nowadays. Um, It's really about relationships first. So we don't want to act like we're, if we're automating it, especially for these guys, we want to say, hey, we're automating this. Uh, Do you want to be followed up with through this meme? Uh, So we're really asking their express permission. How do you want to follow up? Because Mm -hmm. most of these guys and girls that we're talking to, they're interested in our product. It's just, they're not ready to buy just yet. And so we usually ask their express permission, hey, can we put you in a follow-up to keep, to remind you, like, if you're ready? And we're getting those messages anyway, because we think that having, being authentic and telling them straight up and being transparent what we're doing with them, but then also building that relationship when we're actually having that conversation. Gotcha. Yeah. And just like good old sales, right? Asking for permission to continue, right? For that next meeting, for that next phone call, what have you. You touched on personalization. And I know just after reviewing your website and of course, listening to you, you know, explain the product and how you interact with your own prospects, personalization is very important, right? What you guys are doing in your product and how you're marketing it 
it shows that you're treating people like people, not just numbers, not just spraying and praying. What types of things can people do to make sure that they're keeping their outreach personalized? And what does good personalization look like? Good personalization? I mean, at the end of the day, like I said before, it's authenticity and understanding uh, your customer. I know a lot of product folk like to call it the voice of the consumer, which is what a lot of salespeople are kind of missing right now because everybody's automating every process. Uh, I'm sure you've gone this, Morgan, where you're on LinkedIn and you found this one guy trying to sell you something. And you, obviously, it's a copy and paste template that they've sent a million times to probably thousands of other people. And it gets mm-hmm. annoying after a while. For us, and I feel like for SMS in particular, it's such an intimate channel to be talking yeah. to your consumer with. If you Absolutely. mess up over email, there's a lot of forgiveness if you mess up over SMS and you're not really speaking to them, it feels almost like dishonest because I let you into something that's super personal to me. And so understanding exactly who they are, why did they come to you in the first place and creating those automations through segmentation. Uh, so what we do with RespondFlow is uh, we actually allowed you to use tags um, like any other MailChimp is a good example, where if they come to you and hypothetically I'm We work with a lot of dispensaries, actually, and one person is a vet and they came in because they saw your ad to be a vet. You want to be tagged vet because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be sending the vet message to some rando that's not a vet. And it feels super impersonal and almost like, were you actually listening to me, honey? Like, yeah. And so putting their first name on the text message is always valuable. Uh, Learning something from them and why they came in and remembering that through your segmentation is also really key for that whole personalization. Gotcha. You mentioned something yeah. about an intimate channel. I want your opinion. Let's say you you prospecting over email. Um, you know, you reach out to someone cold. They respond to you via email. You continue the conversation, but they don't respond back after a couple of follow ups or whatever. You know, they don't respond back. And their email signature is their mobile number. Is it fair game to text them? I want your opinion. So it's interesting because I mentioned TCPA compliance. And again, I'm not the lawyer here, uh, but from our mentors who are lawyers and people we've talked to, there's two distinctions here uh, that people really need to understand. There's P2P, person-to-person text messaging, and then there's A2P, app-to-person. And so with A2P, you have to have very express permission from your customers or from your prospects to be receiving those automations. And so what really defines that is that you're using a platform like us to reach out to the person. And to be honest, people can be sued for a lot of money if they don't abide by these rules. Because like I said before, it's super personal. Right. But then there's this P2P, person to person, where actually you can send a message as long as it's not uh, solicitous or you're not promoting a product, you can send them anything you want, such as uh, per se, hey, Uh, Hey, Morgan, I have an event coming up. Uh, I think you'd really like that. Uh, It's with the RespondFlow team. Come out. Um, You're not trying to sell them anything. You're just informing them of something that you would have texted them anyway. Mm. Um, So there needs to be that big distinction that you're not blasting people because people's rights in terms of their privacy and what they opt into is super important in this. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And I didn't even know about TCPA compliance. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to look into that. So based on what you said, let's say if someone first off, A2P app to person, there's going to be more rules and guidelines around that because obviously you're using a tool to reach more people faster. Person to person, there's not as many rules. Correct. Mm hmm. All right. So, and I'm trying to give context for a lot of people who listen to this program are sales reps or entrepreneurs or sales managers. And for someone who's in the trenches, right? For a salesperson right. who's trying to follow up and get creative, you know, following up via, via, you know, you just pulling out your cell phone and texting someone and following up with them. It sounds like that's okay as long as it's not super spammy or hypey or, mm -hmm. you know, by now more personal type of outreach. That's what it sounds like, at least from that description. Do I have that correct? Yeah. I, and I'll leave you with a story. Actually, I um, was doing some consulting uh, on the side and I was talking to one business who actually, I was trying to introduce ResponFlow uh, because it would work really well with their CRM system, but they were kind of spooked out about text messaging just because before they used a software to do this, but then they took a list of phone numbers and they texted them. And then they ended up getting sued after that because really? they didn't get express permission to be marketed to. Uh, and so that's really the tricky part. Um, people do it, but it's not allowed. And people can be sued for a lot of money if they're not careful. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like if you're trying to roll anything like this out in your business to do your due diligence beforehand... Right. Well, that's why we make sure that uh, people who are set up with us um, understand that this is an inbound tool. It can be used in a weird sense as an outbound tool, but really as a follow-up tool. But it's you just have to really make sure that you're abiding by the law here. Gotcha. Better safe than sorry. And Completely. Speaking of your prospects and customers, who is the best customer or who are the best customers for respond flow who do you see that gets the most value out of it very open-ended it's almost like and i'll answer in a second like saying uh who uses mailchimp or who uses email marketing uh, it's a gotcha. it's definitely yeah. a very wide industry um i'd say one of our biggest applications is definitely for sales teams for follow-up um marketing teams especially anything with very high touch sales where you really need to be personal and you really need to make that impact known. And it's not, like I said, spray and pray. This is where this thrives because the two-way messaging allows you to actually have a real interaction with your customer or your prospect. And then even post-purchase, you're able to engage with that customer so that they feel like they made a good choice and you can even drip them content through that means. Nice. And Zach, when you say drip content, are you, do you see a lot of people keeping the messages sort, but sending over like links? 100%. Yeah. Okay. One way we use this is uh, you can actually create links for uh, polls and we've tracked it that way um, through uh, Bitly was a good way that we did that. We mm -hmm. just tracked how many people click certain Bitly links um, and took polls that way. Nice. And speaking of that, just tracking how people use it, have there been any uses that you've come across that you wouldn't have thought of or any that have surprised you from customers? Are you like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't, wouldn't realize people would use it for that, but kind of worked out. There's two of them that really surprised me. One was um, 
One was a SaaS company. And what I just said, they used Bitly and they put in this really creative emojis into it. And they asked their customers, what do you like about our product? And they listed a couple of things and they said, click this link of what you like. And I had never thought to actually take polls with SMS before that. Mm. Um, another one was a, uh, it's actually a medical practice for dental and they're using it for uh, these practices, these dental practices where they want to swap out the old tech for the new tech. And so what they're doing is that they're doing a whole marketing campaign through these text messages to um, ask, hey, if you click this link and order this, this new technology for your dental practice, you'll actually save money. We'll actually give you the money back for returning this old tech to us. Really? So they're getting, yeah. must be getting a huge response for that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. That's very interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So where do you see, or, or you mentioned right before we started recording that you see that texting for marketing or sales is, you see it as hitting an inflection point within the next, you know, six months or so. Why do you, um, uh, what, what makes you kind of say that? And, and where do you see the future of text messaging for, for you know, c- commercial use? Right. Honestly, uh, we talked about this before, um, that email and social media, it's not broken. The problem is that uh, consumers and buyers today want novel experiences and they want to feel like that they're not being sold to. And so SMS has been a very untapped market in terms of marketing potential because we've all had those emails that we've been sent for opting into specific reasons and we don't open them anymore. But for SMS, we're not used to that. And when marketers and business businesses and sales folk end up using SMS, people respond to it because they don't see it very often. It's a yeah. novel experience. And you can actually see a lot of influencers like Gary Vee, um, ninjas using text messaging, and influencers using text messaging right now. So there's about to be a little bit more hype on it and a lot more use cases um, that people are just talking about. Yeah. It's one of those things where people, everybody knows the power of it because look at your email inbox and look at your texts, right? How many of those do you read versus how many emails do you read? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Matt, it's been really great getting to hear more about Respond Flow and kind of what you guys are doing. Very exciting, the space that you're in. And I really like how the values of your company and kind of how you approach your own prospects to market your own product kind of, I can tell it kind of carries through throughout um, just the way that you explain the company and your product and and, and kind of what you do. So uh, it's very good to see that congruence and transparency with what you guys are doing. Um, Thank you. How can people get in touch with you if they have questions about respond flow? They have questions about text message marketing. You know, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Completely. I guess you could always follow at respond flow on all of our social channels, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or you can follow me at Matt Morphopoulos, M-A-T-T-M-O-R-F-O-P-O-U-L-O-S on all of my social channels. I'm usually on Twitter. I, uh, but I'm on a ban for Instagram. So Twitter is my main focus right now. Nice. Nice. How are you liking t- Twitter for marketing your product or, or using it? How oh, is that so going? great? People are actually talking. I feel like Instagram's almost like a, uh, people not saying not people saying, 
not saying anything, but Twitter, people actually engaging and actually having conversations. So yeah. Awesome. And that that kind of fits, right? With what you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, it's that absolutely. same texting and conversation. So I can definitely see the parallels there. Well, that's awesome, man. Again, great to speak with you and chat with you and hope to uh, hear uh, more from you and the company soon. Cool. Thank you so much, Morgan. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.